In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Drugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Hi, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I'd like to welcome everyone to Paying It Forward. This time of the year is bittersweet for me as I prepare my kids for their first day of school tomorrow. I will definitely miss having them around all day, but I must say I'm looking forward to my balancing act becoming just a little easier. Well, no, really a lot easier. I'm looking forward to uninterrupted time that will allow me to take my Glovey's product and my business to the next level. So let's talk about the business tip of the week. I was reading Christopher M. Knight's top seven business website. It's a really cool website, so if you get a chance, you might want to check it out. But the most recent contributor was Dr. Bill Lampton, and he wrote a really great article about the seven little steps toward becoming a big-time speaker. And I really was quite impressed um, with his tip number one. I thought they were all great tips, but we have a very busy show today, so I didn't want to go through all seven. But I did want to share with you my favorite, which was his number one tip. He said, avoid drinking cold water before or during your speech. It's quite interesting because... Uh, As a radio host, I always have my cold bottle of water, and it was interesting to learn that cold water constricts the vocal cords. Your voice pitch could change slightly, and you might sense unusual tightness in your throat. Bring along a bottle of water that has been out of your refrigerator for several hours, reaching room temperature. Your throat will welcome the soothing liquid. So that is my business tip of the week. So drink your water at room temperature before a meeting or before you're getting ready to give a big speech. Okay, so now I'm going to start the show off. Being that we are, my show is called Paying It Forward. I always look around for people who are making a difference, organizations that are just out to help other people. And today I would like to welcome Randy Weiss, who is actually the chairperson for an event called Pause to Love. And um, Randy's going to tell us just um, a little background on how they came up with the idea of this benefit. And she's going to give us some information in case anybody is in the Long Island area and would like to attend the event. And then from there, we're going to introduce
introduce you to our guest, Liz Bentley of Liz Bentley Coaching. So we have a great show for you today. And with that, I would like to welcome Randy Weiss to Paying It Forward. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, Josephine. (laughs) I am so excited to be a part of your show. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, You've been a great support to me, and I would love to pay it forward to you and help spread the word about such an incredible cause. So tell us, you're welcome. So Randy, tell us, how did you come up with the idea? Uh, Well, uh, to begin with, I I work in an animal hospital with my husband. My husband is a veterinarian, and uh, we see so many animals coming through um, who uh, a lot of them, you know, come from puppy mills and, and, you know, they're they're sick and, and, and all. And we kind of wanted to try and get the word out that there are so many animals up for adoption in the in the rescue groups and in the shelters um, where people kind of you know you go to you go to a um, you know to the puppy stores and you fall in love with these sweet little you know innocent animals but there are so many more that need to be adopted um, right under our noses and we kind of decided to get together with the shelters and with the rescue groups and bring apart a, uh, a festival and a benefit um, welcoming the community also to come. So it's a, it's a kids' festival, a pet festival, and this year um, we're sponsoring it with the town. The town of Oyster Bay is uh, sponsoring it with us, and they're actually bringing their animals down to our facility, and they're going to be adopting animals right off our premises as well as the town of Hempstead, uh, Little Shelter, and Last Hope. So oh, wow. it's, it's a fantastic event, and, um, and it's something that we give back to the community, so it, it feels good all around. Oh, I love the whole entire concept. So, Randy, tell the listeners how they can get more information if they'd like that. And once again, the date and the time of it. Okay, it's on September 25th uh, from 11 to 3 p.m. And it's going to be held at the Animal Hospital uh, facility, which is 122 Minetta Hill Road. And that's Plainview, New York, 11803. Um, and we have a website, which you can certainly go on to, which is www.MinettoHillAnimalHospital.com. Um, and um, also we have www.PawSeasonsHotel.com also. So they could check both websites. Um, it's in Plainview, Long Island. So it's free, open to the public, open to leashed animals. Anybody could come. We have... Um, uh, lots of fun things for, for the kids and the, and pets. So it, it should be a fun, fun day. Hopefully it'll be nice and sunny out. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Randy, thank you so much. I'm so glad you came to be a part of Paying It Forward. And thanks so much for doing such a great deed for the community. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Josephine. Good luck with that. And Randy, um, I'm going to actually come and bring my little baby Chanel and my kids. So we're I, looking forward to it. <laughs> I can't wait to see you. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, Randy. Thank you, Josephine. Have a good one. Great. Okay. So now we're actually going to switch gears and we are going to bring Liz Bentley, who is a professional coach. She works with clients to help them realize and achieve their work and life goals. That's what I love about Liz. It's she is big picture, not just for work, but for life as well. Liz coaches executives and entrepreneurs with organizations and corporations of all sizes and in all different 
industries. She has worked with bankers, traders, lawyers, salespeople, marketers, consultants. We can go on and on. But please, listeners, know that Liz is really a great, great, um, a great guest today. You're not going to want to miss any part. She's got incredible business tips that we'll be sharing the last part of the hour. So with that, I'm just going to bring Liz right on. Good morning, Liz. How are you doing today? Hi, Josephine. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and well, I loved I'm your so- first business tip with the cold water. So that was a great one. I am glad you, you added that in. <laughs> that was very helpful. <laughs> Liz, of course I read that after I downed my water this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I thought it was great. So um, yeah, that's, that's a lot of very fun. interesting. That's good for all of us to know. Yes. So, Liz, tell me, can you tell our listeners, you have such a diverse background. It's really, you have so many tips. I can't wait to get to them. That's why I'm being so brief with your um, intro. But why don't you just give us a little more about your background? Um, Well, I came to coaching Really, three things kind of brought me into coaching originally. My my background um, from when I was really from my whole life was that I was a very competitive athlete as a, as a child and, and also as a young adult. And so I experienced a lot of coaching myself where I was, you know, I had a lot of great coaches in my life who really helped me with performance and focus and mindset and taught me how to excel and use my strengths to their kind of best ability. And then from there, I went when I was in, and I played sports in college and after college, etc. And when I was in college, I studied psychology because I was very interested in human behavior and why people did things. But I and I did some graduate programs in psychology, but I decided I really didn't want to go into um, therapy or into that any kind of um, into that type of field with it. But I just really liked the human behavior side. So I went into business and I worked in business for a number of years. I worked in television and then I worked in magazines. And I worked a lot in sales and, and a lot around um, in management and ended up um, running a worldwide sales office for Condé Nast. And after that, I took a little bit of a break and stayed home with my kids for and had children and, and kind of started my family. And then I came back to the coaching and went to NYU and got certified in it. And I really brought those three characteristics together, those three different life experiences of, of the sports and the coaching and the, um, the psychology background and the business background to kind of come together and really get me interested in, in going into this field and understanding how to help people really um, reach their full potential and reach the goals that they're really struggling to achieve. Well, that's what I love so much about what you do. You know, Liz, when you sit with people, I just, you know, when we had lunch recently, I just love the fact that you look at everybody's big picture because all of the little pieces to the puzzle are so important. It's like I personally don't think you can do a great job at work if you've got a lot of issues going on in your personal life. It's almost like you've got to create that proper balance. And that's what I love so much about your coaching, because I feel like you do address those issues in order to bring the whole puzzle and the whole big picture together. That's so true, because really the whole person, um, the whole person comes to work every single day. So if you have things that are working against you in your personal life, it's going to affect your professional life and vice versa. If you have things in your professional life that aren't working for you, they're going to affect your personal life. 
And what I find is that people really come to coaching for two main things. One, they either come because they have a specific goal that they know they want to achieve that they're struggling with. Like maybe they say, I've been trying to get promoted, but I haven't, I really can't figure out how to make it happen, or I want to change jobs, or I want to lose weight. Something they know they want to do, that they know their life will get better, but they just haven't been able to make it happen. Or they come to me with an unknown goal. They know something's amiss. They know something's not quite right, but they can't exactly put their finger on it. So, or, and sometimes they'll come and they'll say, I really want to work on my career, but then they realize they're, you know, 50 pounds overweight, they're smoking, they're doing this, you know, they're doing all these things that they haven't, they've been kind of turning a blind eye to, to realize that's actually where the real problem is. Oh, see, but that's, that's amazing, Liz. And I agree with you so much. You know, I've been so busy over the summer, even with myself, with the kids and everything. Once I get back to school, I have promised myself I am on that exercise routine no matter what. (laughs) So it's funny how we're kind of living a similar life with that little ones going to school. But with that, we're going to take a quick break. And I can't wait to come back with Liz Bentley, an incredible business coach. We'll be back shortly, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. 
Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have a fun-filled um, show today with Liz Bentley as a business coach. So, Liz, um, I usually do a lot of small talk, but today <laughs> we're picking your brain, Liz, because you have some solid business advice. So, I'm going to jump right to my next question, if that's okay. Yeah. So what do you find are the biggest stumbling blocks people face today in either work life or personal life? Um, In general, one of the things I've really discovered is that people put their energy and their attention into the wrong areas in their life. In in the coaching, I've created a model that's it's called the six levels of focus. And, this, and, and what happens is that people tend to focus, what I would say, below the waterline in their life, into the areas where they tend to, an area that t- tends to create drowning. And those three areas that are below the waterline are the drama, the emotional overreaction to problems, and the, the, the constant growing of the drama, you know, the drama that we see on TV, not just in shows, but maybe in the news, at the weather, and the this and the that, and all of this drama and these bad things that are happening, and the way we create drama in our work life, our boss is difficult, or can you believe they said that to me, or the way we create drama in our family because our sister said something that was inappropriate, or parent this or that, you know, this constant drama and overreaction that we, you know, go around and around and around. Mm-hmm. Or the other thing is the details, all of the details of, of, of why it's happening and what happened and exactly what the person said or all the things that went wrong and all the things that aren't happening the way we want it to, the constant rehashing of, of all these details. And the mm-hmm. last area are the problems, just being very problem-driven, talking constantly about the problems. So the things that I see people do a lot in business and in their personal life is talk about Uh drama, details, and problems, and the constant overreaction to it. So they'll come to me and they'll say, I have this client who's just incredibly difficult, and they want to go on and on and on about how difficult this client is. And when you do that, Mm-hmm. And when you, you get into this, the drama, the details, and the problems, you don't solve anything. Right. You don't do anything productive. All you do is go in a circle. You constantly chase your tail. And, and you I hate to, to say it, it, Liz, it's such a waste of time if you really sit down and think about it. It's like, I, I am so, I don't know if it's that I'm getting older and maybe just a tad wiser, but I just look at time as such a precious commodity that I keep asking myself over and over again, am I utilizing my time to the best of my ability? And you know, the drama, the problems, just to sit there and describe all the details about a certain an incident is just such a waste of time if you really think about it. You know what, Justine, you could not have put that better. That is exactly right. It becomes a huge waste of time. And everyone is always complaining that they're so busy and that they don't have enough time, right? Time management, I get called into companies all the time to help people with time management. And if they just get above the waterline and stop talking about and thinking and rehashing the, the drama, the problems, and the details, they actually save so much time just there <laughs> in itself. But yet, there's an emotional connection to it. On some levels, we want to kind of talk about the drama, and we want to talk about all the details that go along with it, and we want to talk about our problems. And, and, and it's okay within reason to do that. We just have to scale it. We just have to know that when we're doing that, we're not being productive, that nothing good is going to come of it. It may relieve us in that moment. So Mm -hmm. we just had this big hurricane, and maybe we want to go and have a conversation and talk about the flooding and the loss of electricity 
and the, all the things that happened that created a lot of havoc in our lives. We might want to do it, but if, when we are doing that, we are, we, are, we are not solving any of these issues. We're not making anything better. We're not actually moving forward. All we're doing is circulating in the problem. Yeah, I think you're so right, Liz. I'm just, we have to cut to the chase a little more with a lot of things. And perhaps, Liz, maybe instead of hashing it all out or something's really, really bothering you. I know I had spoken to my brother yesterday and he had something weighing on his mind and he was like, boy, I could tell he was feeling down in the dumps. And I could tell he probably wanted to hash out the entire thing. But quite honestly, I was pressed for time and I felt terrible. But what I did tell him to do was just sit down and get it off out of your mind. Write the problem down and try to come up with the solutions as to what you can do to solve that problem and just get it out of your head. And I think that that probably helps. I mean, it's important to get it off your chest and to get it out. But I agree with you. The whole rehashing over and over again, it's just drama and a waste of time. Well, and what happens is it's fine if you want to get it out once. Right, But when you find that people are constantly circulating in it, that they're going over and over, and I see this all the time in work, you know, let's say someone has a difficult boss, and all they do is spend time talking about how difficult that boss is, or a difficult client, or a difficult account, and they're actually not moving the ball forward. All they're doing is circulating and why it's not working. So what you want to do is you want to have your focus what we call above the waterline. And that's okay. in the vision of your life, which is the goal, right? And the thinking so, of your yeah. life. What which does is it the look strategies. like, Liz? Yeah. What does it look like to be above the waterline? Well, it, what it looks like is that it's it's you know that's where your like that's where your vision is. You know where you're looking at the big picture, like you said before. You're kind of looking at okay, well, I have a difficult boss, but I want to get a promotion and I want to keep moving forward with my career. So I'm not going to focus on the boss. I'm going to focus on what the boss wants. Because I want to move beyond this, maybe this department. And then you, think, then you want to look at the thinking, which is the strategies and the brainstorming and the contemplating of scenarios of how to do it. And then you want to look at the planning. So it's the vision, the thinking, and the planning. And the planning is the actual action. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this paper, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to you know, follow through on these deadlines, and these are the actual things I'm going to do to make this all happen. Oh, I love this whole entire concept. So, all right, Liz, we talked about what it looks like to be below the waterline, mm-hmm. what it looks like to be above the waterline. How can you stay above the waterline? So what you do to stay above the waterline is, is a lot of it is, is your choice. You know, there are a lot of things in your life that you don't have control over, right? You don't have control over choices that people around you make. You don't have control over your boss, over your children, over your spouse, over the weather, over the economy. You don't have control over these things, but you do have control over how you respond to them. And the misnomer that happens is that people think they don't have control. They think that their life is dictated by the outside influences. But in reality, we have complete control. We decide every day what we do. We decide every day what our attitude is. We decide whether we're going to have a positive reaction or a negative reaction. So we decide every day when we hit a problem, whether we're going to go below the waterline and create drama and talk about the details and focus on the problem, or we decide whether we're going to go above the waterline and look at the vision, the thinking, and the planning. 
It sounds great, Liz. It probably takes a lot of practice. But if you look at even the scenario you just brought up with your brother, if Mm -hmm. he comes to you and you said, okay, you know, get it out first, which was a great piece of advice. Write it all down. Get it out of your system. Okay, now that it's out of your system, where do you want to go with this? Do you want to keep stewing in the problem or do you want to go up? And look at your vision. What's your, what's your goal here? And get into your thinking. How are you going to make that goal come to life? And then what's the planning? How's that going to happen? Right? And now all of a sudden you feel better about your problem. It feels much more, it's like you just automatically feel a sense of relief. Yeah, I think that this is great. So, Liz, you're going to laugh. Um, okay, so now we know how to stay above the waterline. I am going to throw out a question to you, and then I am going to actually run and shut an alarm off that is going off right now <laughs> before the police and fire department arrive here. So the question here is, how do you make it a part of your everyday life? The key to making it a part of your everyday life is evaluating your habits and what you do every single day. And what you need to do in your everyday life is look at what habits work for you. What are the habits that are really good? And what are the habits that don't work for you? And what we tend to do in our life is just live it. We don't really examine what we do every day. And the, the habits that work for us, those are the ones we want to we accentuate and do more of. Maybe we get up early and we read all the papers and we kind of get ourselves started in a good way. Um, and we want to continue that and really focus on doing that well. But then where do we start getting tripped up? Okay, Liz. Hello? <laughs> yes, we're here. Did you, did you solve your problem? Liz, that never happened to me before during a radio show. And <laughs> I'm sure okay. they're all laughing. I'm sorry <laughs> to my listeners, but Liz, I'm sure you took you did just fine. <laughs> I, was, I was talking about how we have to evaluate our everyday habits. To get okay. through, to make sure that we're we're working with habits that work for us, that we do, that we're really focusing on our habits that do well for us. And what we tend to do is not look at them. We tend to just live our life and then make our habits a part of our storyline. So, for example, let's say I have a client right now who is um, who is going through a very hard time. Someone who's close to her is dying, and so she is an overeater. And she will say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm an emotional eater, so now I've gained all this weight because I'm going through this sad time. And it just becomes part of our life story. We just say, well, that's just the way I am. But the overeating is actually really making her life harder, making her confidence go down, making everything more difficult about the hard time she's going through. Not overeating is not going to make her life, not make the person not, struggle and and die, it's still going to be a very, very difficult time, but she's actually making it worse by having bad habits. You know what, Liz, that reminds me of a time during my life, I was going through a really tough time, and I remember saying to myself, I could see that kind of happening, I'm a chocoholic, and I could just (laughs) see all the chocolate, you know, depleting right in front of me, the whole bar, and all of a sudden, I just stopped myself, and I said to myself, oh my God, I have one problem on my hands. I don't need another. And it's really, really hard, but I can see how that client probably fell into that. It's like a trap, you know, that you have to break that cycle to get out. 
Well, lots of people do, and the habits, um, the habits are, you know, they're, the, the bad habits are the things that bring you below the waterline, right? They're the, they create a lot of the drama in your life, and sometimes they're subtle things. Maybe it's that you drink um, three Diet Cokes a day, but those three Diet Cokes really affect your energy. They really, they're, they're really bad for you. They don't, you know, they don't get you thinking and functioning at peak performance, which you could be doing if you just got them out of your life. Well, this is such incredible advice. We're coming up on a break, but, you know, when we come back with Liz Bentley, um, we're going to talk about what if you struggle with changing your habits or it's not such an easy fix. I can't wait to hear your tips on that. So with that, we're going to take a real quick break and we'll be back shortly with Paying It Forward. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. It's Josephine here, and we have Liz Bentley. And I'm giggling because, you know, during break, Liz and I are just talking about, you know, September is such a great time of the year. We love our kids. Of course, we want to spend every waking moment with them. But as mom entrepreneurs, we've got that balancing act going on. And I have to tell you, I am geared up, Liz. I'm sure you are. (laughs) I am ready. I'm at that starting point 
you know, line ready to run because I, I just don't know. We're both in the same position because our youngest are both going into kindergarten. So I just feel like I just graduated with my master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It is a big accomplishment. It almost feels like it on some level. (laughs) I I am so excited. Do you know what it is, Liz? Our kids are well-rounded kids, and they're bright, and they're ready as as we are. You know, they're just as ready. So um, tomorrow morning, I will be sure to get myself a nice big bouquet of flowers, Liz. (laughs) Yeah, well, so we all feel like we're kind of graduating to the next level. Like, they're going to the next level, and we are too. So So it's been a good time all around. Yeah, very exciting. So, Liz, before we get back to our interview, let's give you the opportunity to tell the listeners how they can reach you in case they'd like to, you know, call up, maybe even get some coaching from you. I can. I have a website that's www.lizbentley.com, and Bentley is spelled B-E-N-T-L-E-Y. So they can go to my site and they can kind of read a little bit more about what I do because I also do a lot of corporate work and, and run seminars, workshops, retreats for companies, and I have a contact page there, so it's pretty easy to get through to me there. And I also have a free assessment for people who are looking to just do a quick diagnosis on where they are in their life and and how they're they're doing in the different, different areas of their life. That sounds great, Liz. So all my listeners, go out there and fill out Liz's great um, website, her evaluation on there. That sounds really great. So, all right, Liz, I probably missed the best part of uh, how do you make it, you know, a part of your everyday life as far as, you know, staying above the waterline, evaluating your habits, because gosh, I think we all have habits we would like to change. But it's really, really hard. So my question is, what if you struggle with changing your habits or it's just not an easy fix? Well, the first thing um, you have to look at is what are the habits that aren't working and really be honest with yourself and diagnose that. Because like I said you know, before, a lot of times we just live our life and we don't really look at those. So first you have to figure out what they are and see what are the time wasters and you know, what are the things that are not helping you reach peak performance. And then what you have to do is you have to really do two things. One is you have to practice self-regulation, which is really just basic self-discipline. And the second is you have to realize it takes small steps. And what I see a lot, a lot, a lot in life and in coaching is that people try to take large steps. So they'll say, you know what, I'm a procrastinator. I was working with a lawyer once who said, mm-hmm. I, always, um, I always, you know, do the best work for my cases the night before, but then I'm up till 3 in the morning the night before, and, I'm, you know, I'm, I feel tired the next day when I go into court and blah, blah, blah. So I said, all right, well, when do you think you want to be ready? When do you think you want to be really prepped for a case and done? And she said, how about 3 in the afternoon? And I said, well, mm-hmm. that seems like a really – you know, a really challenging goal if you're going to go from 3 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. And she said, yeah, you know, that's, tr- that's probably true. Why don't I make it, you know, something more realistic? And I said, well, what's realistic? And she said, how about 11 p.m.? So oh, wow. 11 p.m., now you can kind of get a good night's sleep, and, you've got in the, and that seems a much more realistic goal. And then you can back it up to 9 p.m., and then you can back it up to 7 p.m., and then you can back it up to 5 p.m. But what you have to do is really make small steps. You have to make very <laughs> realistic goals that will get you where you want to go. Because when you don't, you make difficult, you know, you make an unrealistic goal, and then you fail at it, and then you throw the whole thing out. 
And that's what happens to people over and over and over again. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Liz. It's the baby steps. And a lot of times we just can't look at the big, big picture. It's just... You know, as far as I go, I have to tell you, Liz, one of my latest projects was organizing my office, and it was a nightmare, but I just decided that I would do piece by piece. I did my closet one day, then I did one filing drawer another day, and I just took it step by step, and every day when I woke up, I could look at it knowing that I was just going to do one filing drawer for today and forget about the whole project afterwards, and you know, by the end of a week, it was all done, and I feel so incredibly good about it. But the thing is, without those small steps in place, I would have been overwhelmed. I would have gotten paralyzed, and then we all know what happens uh, when we get paralyzed as small business owners. Nothing gets done. That's right, so, and and the key is for people to really – because I, I, it's amazing how many times very successful, talented people will constantly make – you know, inappropriate goals. I mean, goals that, that are just very hard to achieve. So it's so important to break it down to a really small step if you actually want to see the change, just like the way you did where you said, okay, today I'm only going to tackle this one part of my office, knowing that, you know, by tackling one little section at a time, you were going to make it to the, <laughs> to the whole office by the end of the week, <laughs> right? And yeah. the other thing is really that self-regulation, which is just basic discipline. I have people tell me all the time that they, they have no self-discipline. And it's really not true. We all have the same level of self-discipline and the same ability to have it. It's just that some of us choose to use it and some of us choose not. Some of us choose to say, well, I just don't have self-discipline in that area. But we actually do. And in one area that I've seen it I, just so amazing to me is over the years I've watched so many people run the New York Marathon. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean watch it on TV. I mean friends of mine, people or acquaintances that I've known. And I've been so amazed at how many different types of people have been able to discipline themselves to train and run the marathon. People who are completely, you know, who aren't athletic and have really never had any athletic feet before. People who are overweight. People who are never runners. People who have come from all walks of life have stepped up and said at different times in their life, I want to do this. And it's really hard. I ran the New York Marathon. Yeah. It is I was going to bring I was going to bring that up, Liz. You didn't run it once, but you ran it twice, correct? I did. And, it, you know, it's a long race. 26 miles is a long way to run. Oh it is really, gosh. really long. And, I'm, I, you know, I was, I've played, you know, sports and athletics my whole life. And, it, and it's amazing. You know, you really can train yourself to do anything, right? You can self-discipline yourself anything you, you set your mind to. The question is, do you want to set your mind to it? How important is it to you? Yeah, I think you're so right, Liz. I remember one of the the local moms here saying, you know, we were at lunch and one of the moms was saying, gosh, I can't get this baby weight off me. And one of the moms who actually got all the baby weight off turned to her and said, don't worry, as soon as you're ready to do it, you'll know because something clicks inside of your mind that says, that's it. I'm committed and I'm committed to myself and it's going to happen. And that's when it actually happens. So I agree with that, Liz. Yeah. Well, in, in, in the weight department, I, you know, cause a lot of people to, in today's world struggle with weight and, I say to people all the time, stop. What they tend to do is they go below the waterline and they complicate the issue. 
and they say, well, you know, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to hire a trainer and I don't have time to exercise right now. I, I just was working with a guy just recently who told me he'd gained all this weight and, you know, he just didn't have time to exercise. And I said, you don't, you don't have to exercise. There takes only one thing. There's only one thing you need to do to, to lose weight. And that is you have to eat less. One thing. There's only one thing. <laughs> it's actually so not complicated funny. at all. It's the most uncomplicated thing you'll do in your life. Many things are very complicated. Dealing right. with people, dealing with personalities, raising children, managing clients, selling deals. Those are complicated. Losing right. weight takes one thing. It's completely uncomplicated. Eat less. I, I know, Liz, but it's that <laughs> chocolate thing I have a problem with. <laughs> well, then that's the habit. <laughs> You're looking at the habits. When you know the time of day that you eat it, whether you keep it in the house, and you know, and maybe it's okay to have it, and how much you have, you know, and how, you know, it's, again, maybe it's just the eating less of it. Right. No, I so. think you're right. But Liz, there's a serious problem when I'm having chocolate chip pancakes <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> well, you know, that's the, that's also an addiction. I mean, chocolate and, and sugar have a, a strong addictive quality. So sometimes yeah. you have to break the whole habit in order, order to manage the, the quantity. Right. So you have so, to de- right. decide. I- I think you're so right. But Liz, so let's talk about what are some other strategies that can keep you above the waterline? Well, one of the things that I think also is really critical in getting peak performance and looking at individual success is learning how to leverage your strengths. And and first of all, just in general, self-awareness is one of the most important qualities you can have for business success. When they asked the Stanford Business School advisors what was the most important quality they saw in the best business leaders, they said, without a doubt, unanimously, self-awareness. So you really have to know yourself. You have to know what your strengths are. You've got to know what your weaknesses are. You've got to know what you're bringing to the table. And one of the most important things in that is knowing how to leverage strengths. If you go around and ask people, uh, what can you do to improve your performance? Okay, let's just say at work or in life or as a parent. What do you think the first thing people think of? What can you do to improve your, your performance? They think of their weaknesses. They oh, wow. think of what they're not doing well, right? They automatically think, well, you know, I'm really bad at this. I'm really bad at that. I really have got to stop doing They think of their bad habits. They think of their weaknesses. Yeah, you're 100% right, Liz, because that's exactly what was going through my head when you asked the question. Right. You go right to your weaknesses, right? And when you get feedback in your career, what do they tell you? They, you know, they tell you their weaknesses. When, you, when, you, um, when you're a kid in school and you get three A's and one C, what do your parents focus on? Improving your state. Yeah. Right. Sure. Everyone's going to, you know, your, your, your teacher in school is going to give your, pa- your parents all this feedback on the areas that need to be improved. And so they're going to come and give you the same thing. Now, that's fine. You know, it's, you need to know what your weaknesses are, and that's important. But your weaknesses are not what's going to make you great. It's not your weaknesses. Right. It's your strengths. Your strengths are going to make you great. So let me give you an example. If you came to me and you said, Liz, I'm left-handed. I'm, and, and I said, well, you know, Josephine, that's a shame because being left-handed um, in, in a right-handed world is going to be very, very difficult. I think you should really um, work on your right hand as much as you possibly can and maybe tie your left hand behind your back because 
It's just very difficult to be left-handed in, in a right-handed world. And, you know, that's what they used to do in the you know, 1800s anyway. Yeah, my poor father, Liz, <laughs> was born in 1927, and he was left-handed, and they tried to switch him to the right, and it was, I felt sorry for him his whole life. He couldn't hammer a nail on the wall. Oh, poor but, guy. Liz, that's a great point that I want to continue with as soon as we get back from the break. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Liz Bentley. Stay with us because she she has amazing business tips we'll right for our last segment. So we'll be back shortly, everyone. Thank you. Right after these on toginet.com. Show me the money! Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. People have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have Liz Bentley, a business coach, on the line with us today. And um, we were just talking about the importance of leveraging your strengths. And Liz, you were giving us an incredible example about being left-handed. And I'm sorry, we interrupted to go to a break. So can you just continue with that example? Sure. What I was saying is that if you were left-handed and we said, well, you know what, it's hard to be left-handed in a right-handed world, so focus more on improving your right hand instead of using your left hand, the end result would be that we'd get someone who had a mediocre right hand and a mediocre left hand and, and, and wouldn't be really good at anything. But if we said, well, you know what, it's going to be hard to be left-handed in a right-handed world, but go for it. If that's where your strength is, go for it. Really excel. And what we might end up finding is that you'd be an, an amazing left-hander and you'd be unique for that quality and, and unbelievable at it. And that's what we want to do in life is that we know we're going to have these weaknesses, but those aren't the things we want to put our focus on. We want to put our focus on leveraging our strengths because that is what's going to make us great. 
That so is, Liz, is, yeah. yeah, I agree with that, but should we just ignore you know, our weaknesses? No, we can't. And you can't ignore your weaknesses. You need to know what they are. And you need to know if they're really, really getting in your way. Um, so you need to know where your weaknesses are. You need to know how to work around them. For example, you know, you want to create, in, in business, for example, if you have a weakness for detail, you want to work with people who, have, who are great at detail. You want to surround yourself with people who are good at the things that you're not good at. Right, but then sure. you need to know this is where I can take the lead because this is where I'm really good. Maybe I'm really good at the big picture, so I don't need a, a lot of people around me with great big picture thinking because I can I can cover off on that. Right, sure. so you need to know where you're really strong and you need to excel as hard as you can in that area. And then you want to support staff in your in your life, in your family, um, in your profession. You know, really helping you out in those areas where, where, that are unknown to you. And, and also know to take the responsibility when you say, right, I'm not good at the detail, so I forgot to put the comma there. I'm sorry about that. I can apologize and take responsibility for it because I know that's something I'm not good at. And I know that if I spend hours upon hours trying to improve that, I'm only going to become mediocre at it. Right. It doesn't mean you, you won't try to be cognizant of it. It's just that you're going to really hone your skills in your areas of strength. I love that whole concept because you know what, Liz, if somebody is spending their entire day doing what they're good at and focusing on their strengths and outsourcing, so to speak, all of their weaknesses, then it has to create a much happier person. It does. It feels so much better to work on your strengths. If we came and said to you, you know, you just have to constantly work on your weaknesses, it's not your area, it's not an area that you feel good in. It, it lowers your self-esteem, and it really, it doesn't get the, the production that you're looking for. And even the research that um, social psychologists have found show that if you really focus on strengths, you get higher performance, greater productivity, and increased satisfaction, which completely makes sense. I must say, Liz, you know what? You jogged my memory back a very long time ago. One of my first jobs at a college, I am now realizing what an incredible manager I had. He was a young guy. I remember wor working on Wall Street, and everything out of this guy's mouth was positive. Even mm. if I made a mistake doing something, he had a positive spin on it. And I have to tell you, I feel like that, out of all the positions I had in my entire career, I probably excelled this, the most in that position because he focused on my strengths and not my weaknesses. So mm. that's a good lesson even you know, for us as business owners managing people. Is you know, I just seen that is such a great point. I'm so glad you said that because it is so important for all managers and, and, you know, bosses and even in parenting to remember to really, really push your, your, your people towards their strengths and really harnessing their strengths and being really good at that and not focusing so much on their weaknesses. Yeah, because I if think you that's improve great. those strengths, your weaknesses actually go down. If you improve your strengths, your weaknesses go down. The other thing that's interesting about characteristics that you have to understand is that every one of your strengths has a weak side. So, what we, so for example, your ability to be detail-oriented, when it's in its strength, is great. But when it becomes a weakness is when become, you become a micromanager. Oh, right. So Good your point. ability yeah. to be easygoing and fun-loving and great to be around is a weakness mm -hmm. when it becomes unreliable. 
right? Great, yeah. So all of our characteristics, what we say is when they're going north, when they're above the waterline and they're great, is when it's working for you. And when that same characteristic goes south and goes below the waterline, then it becomes your negative. And we all have that ability. So what we need to know in our self-awareness is we need to know how to keep our characteristics above the waterline and in a good place. Because, and I see this a lot when I do feedback. I'll do 360 feedbacks in companies. Okay. And I'll say, you know, I, I was just giving one to someone who, where um, his feedback was that he was too talkative. And he said, well, my talkative quality is what makes me so great at sales. And we said, right. And when it's above, in the, above the waterline and in a good place, it works for you. But mm-hmm. when it becomes too much background noise, it's not working for you. So it's right. the same quality that's made you great at sales is also making you difficult in the internal office, right? Wow, yeah. So oh, you really a- have to understand where these qualities are your strengths and when they turn into your weakness and how to keep them up in the strength area. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Liz, I personally have learned so much. So... um you have such amazing business tips here. Uh, we definitely have to share them with everybody. So let's talk about the five business tips to help you stay above the waterline, Liz. Well, the first thing is you really have to make goals. You've got to know where you're going. I mean, I say to people, even sometimes when they first start working with me, I say, well, what do you, when you're you know, 75 years old and you're looking back at your life, what do you want to see? What's the life mm-hmm. that you want to have lived? And are you on that track? So, and that's, you know, a very big picture perspective, but you've got to even have just the goal for, you know, the quarter, for the month, for the week. You've got to know what you're going towards. Otherwise, you may be going all different directions, and you want to make sure that all the work and all the energy you're using is going in the direction you want to push yourself to go. So the first thing is you have to make goals. Perfect. Love that. Now, Liz, how important is it to make those goals visual in your office? Uh, it, critical. You have to okay. write your goals down. They have to be specific. They have to be timely. You know, you can't just say, oh, I want to do this at some point. It has to have a time frame around it. Um, it has to be written in the positive, meaning you'll say, I will you know, organize my office, not I hope to organize my office, right? right? You have to say exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, and you have to really, you, you have to put it in a place that you can see it over and over and over again. I think that's so, so important, and that's a really good point because, you know, what I do a lot too, Liz, is I try to visualize. Like when my office was a disaster, I kept visualizing in my head a spotless, clean office, even Mm -hmm. though I was doing the drudgery of going through all the files and everything. But I'll tell you, using that vision of a clean, organized office got me through it, and in the end, that's what it what happened? I achieved that goal, you know? That's great. So that yeah. helps. Yeah, and the visualization that you just said is fantastic. Visualizing what you want to see happen is so critical. Really, it's a huge component in success. Okay, so that was number one, make goals. Business tip number two to stay above the line. It takes small steps, like we were saying before. You, you mm-hmm. really have to make, you have to understand that you're going to take small steps to get where you want. And if you keep taking those small steps, you'll get to the big goals you're looking to. But it's only going to come in small steps. So don't give up. Don't think, I have so many people who tell me, well, you can't change. And you can. You can change anything you want. It's like I said with the people who ran that marathon. I, I, I can't mm-hmm. believe. But they didn't go out and run it in one day. They went out and they trained for months and months and months and months and months, and then all of a sudden they did it. Wow. So it's, 
it's really going to happen in those small steps. So, so inspirational, too, because it's very, very true. Okay, number three, create habits habits that work for you. Tell us about that, Liz. You've got you've to look at your life and create habits that work for you. You've got to get rid of the time wasters. You've got to get rid of the things that are working against you. They're not as hard to get rid of as you think. They okay. seem so overwhelming, but if you make the goal, you take the small steps, it'll be out of your life before you know it, and you will be functioning at a higher level. You know, the yeah. people, I mean, you look back, you know, I went on that Philadelphia tour with my son when he was in fourth grade. We went mm-hmm. to Philadelphia as a class, and we were studying Benjamin Franklin, and the way he used his time, his habits were unbelievable, and I just thought, boy, that, that's why, I mean, when you, that's why he's so famous. That's why he was such an incredible innovator. That's why he became such a historical figure in our lives. It's because people like that, people who are very successful, have unbelievably good habits that work for them. Oh, man, this is so powerful, Liz. I think it's so important. I have to tell you, I'm not sure if you know who Fly Lady is, but Liz, Fly Lady is somebody that helps you organize your house. Oh, yeah. When I moved here from Manhattan, you know, it was very overwhelming, but I have to tell you, she has the most amazing things on how to keep your house organized and take away all of the chaos. And one of her things was or is that you cannot go to bed with things, dishes in your sink. Every single night you have to clear out the dishes in the sink so you start mm. your day off fresh. Mm. And to put that in a business perspective, mm. the habit that I am trying to get on right now, now that my office is organized, is every single day, every single night, I try to clear off my office desk so the next morning I start out fresh. And That's great. I think you're so smart about, you know, creating habits that work for you, and um, it does take time, so patience is important, too. Well, and the key to that, too, is making sure that you're not taking on too many habits at one time. So if you decided that right now the habit that you really want to have work for you is is the cleaning off your desk before you go to bed, then that just work on that habit until it becomes a part of your life. Just work, don't work on five other habits at the same time. Because then you're setting yourself up to fail. So just That's work a, on that habit until it's so natural that you just do it all the time. That's perfect. So number four, leverage strengths. And number five is beware of blind spots. So, Liz, we just have a little under um, a minute here. So you want to just touch on that real quick? Yeah, well, we talked a lot about leveraging the strengths and knowing uh-huh. where they go south. You really have to be aware of where your strengths are in their best and what happens when those characteristics go south. You really, really need to focus on knowing how to do that. And the other last part is that blind spot. And I didn't get to talk about that, but what that is, what your blind spot is in your life is a characteristic that everybody knows about you but that you don't know about yourself. Ah. So it's something that if we were in a room of people who know you very well and we said, um, does everyone here think that Liz is um, late? And everyone raised their hand, and I say, what do you mean? I'm never late. So to me, it <laughs> so would be So it's all about the self-awareness. But yeah. Liz, oh, I'm so disappointed. Paying it forward is over this week. But Liz, you are an amazing guest. Thank you, Thank you so much for everything. And we'll see everyone again on Paying It Forward next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Josephine. Thank you, Liz. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments. 